The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Each business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here is Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. Welcome, everybody, to The Second Stage. This is Brendan Anderson. And this is Jeff Cadlick, and we have uh, another great show today. It's Law 101 for Business Owners. It's kind of a broad topic, but we're going to try to, as we always do, get it in actionable steps and something that will at least get you started. Uh, we, Our guest this, uh, this show is a person that we spend a lot of time with. He is a partner at Calfee Alter and Griswold, which is a law firm headed quartered here in Cleveland, Ohio. His name is Mike Marhofer. Uh, he's the co-chair of M&A's, uh, or excuse me, Calfee's M&A practice group uh, and a member of the firm's executive committee. Uh, he helps us, Brennan, as you know, not only with M&A, but he's on our advisory board because he's much more than a lawyer. He's a good, a great business practitioner and uh, someone that uh, whose opinion we value very much, and that's why he's on the show. We've, as you mentioned, Jeff, we we spent have spent lots and lots and lots of time, and uh, not to overstate the lots word, but uh, lots of time with with Mike. And I uh, I have to smile because as we have uh, grown evolution and the evolution of evolution, and some of the conversations we've had with Mike, where you know we outline something we want to get done, a deal we've struck with an entrepreneur, and he's just like, "What are you guys doing?" But he always gets it done and always makes it look you know fantastic, but. Uh, you know, we, you know, a little bit of an evolution of evolution where we've got a much more standard uh, 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 package now than we when we first started. But it really makes me smile about um, even, quite frankly, some of the things he steered us in about, you know, kind of coming up with standard documents and driving some of those costs lower and, and you know, having us having really a, a standard uh, a deal for the entrepreneurs so that it's easily understood and easily executable. And quite frankly, it's a good deal for everybody. So. Well, he certainly keeps us between the ditches. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, Not the lack one... of effort on our side trying to get in the ditches, but uh, he does. He does. <laughs> he's put up a pretty good bumper. But every once in a while, we get over. Yes, that is true. He he's not uh, he's not Superman. Um, he's he's only human. Uh, so last week, you know, we had Rich Manders on the phone, um, and uh, he he's obviously great, and I think he did a very good job of helping people understand why identifying your A ones is key to being successful and scaling your business. It, it it's something that is easily or that's often and almost entirely overlooked by by smaller companies, and it really is something that uh, 
it has helped every business that we've been involved with transform and it's uh, you can't overstate the importance of it and uh you know he obviously took it to a whole different degree growing his business from zero to 80 million that's eight zero help me out jeff zero 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 that's a lot of zeros from zero right from zero right from one zero to seven with an eight in front of it that's a lot so it is so um you know, I, I, I go back to for us, you know, as a second stage company ourselves and, the, you know, as we have evolved and identifying, you know, our A1s and we went through that process of developing our whys. And, and uh, again, if you can develop a why that makes sense to your A1s, then the A1s are there on their terms, not on your terms. And that tends to make them – uh, stickier and more resilient customer because they are there on on their terms. It, it's it's common sense and it seems at times like uh, kind of this uh, this 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 mythical kind of dream to some entrepreneurs that that could actually happen, and it obviously doesn't happen overnight, as, as you know, Jeff, because we've only been at this for you know a, a half of a lifetime, but. Um, the, really, the continued focus on that and the continued sharing of, of trying to identify um, the who and the whys, uh, it really does transform or an organization. And quite frankly, I think as uh, you know, Rich mentioned earlier or Rich mentioned last week was um, – that you know, it, people want to be part of something bigger, and it's you know, it's money's part of it, but it really being part of something bigger like that is is more important to most people. So that goes a long way. Yeah, and 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 Rich is an expert in this area because he's continued to learn. I think continuous learning is is key. You know, he's read all of these books. You know, this is the exact same thing. Can't I tell my kids every night? Is the smartest people I know read a lot of books. And, um, and does, I think does listening to books count, Jeff, listening to books does count okay, uh, just good. again, because I would put that in a category of continuously learning. And I know that, um, you're not a big reader, but you're a big listener and, uh, on the treadmill or running or whatever. And, and candidly, that's how people should be ingesting, if you will, the second stage show is by downloading onto their iPad pad, I shuffle, I whatever, and when they're running or in the car or on a plane, uh, using that time effectively to grow as an entrepreneur, as a pro- professional, as a person is is a great use of time and something that we certainly advocate. Um, this show, again, is a forum, and uh, we talk about this every week, and we've gotten some great points from, from listeners, and we certainly appreciate that, but... Um, you know, we want to provide actionable advice on this show, and and to do that, we need and want input in from the listeners out there to the show, the second stage. Uh, continue the dialogue through comments and questions on our blog at evolutioncp.com, uh, and certainly email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. Uh, if you would like to volunteer your experiences uh, to the community and also any solutions that you came up with. We are experts in this area, but we are continuously looking for the right answer and um, want to um, um, you know, keep it going here. Uh, so this week's show, uh, Law 101 for Business Owners, you know, the t- this topic really came up because, you know, as we have found, Brendan, that a lot of small business owners still make a lot of mistakes 
uh, when getting their businesses started or when they're starting down a new path with an existing business, you know, so on and so forth? You know, it, it really is a, a an, an almost overwhelming thing to take care of unless you get a, the right advisor to do so. And it's uh, um, I remember when I first started my uh, my first business in 1995, and I was trying to do this stuff on a on a on a shoestring budget and doing a lot of it myself. And it's just it's just not a practical um, answer. And as you know, we've uh, we've we've been working with Calfee and Mike for since since we got started, um, and um, since Evolution got started. And it, it really does it it does free up your time. And again. You know, it's it's about making sure that you, as the entrepreneur and the senior management teams, are spending the the amount of the the time on the most productive uh, tasks. And this is not one of them for you or I, Jeff. I want to point that out. Yeah, and you know, as a second stage company, uh, it, it's it's built up over time. I mean, when we got started which is really the topic that we're going to talk about today. It's really about the choice of the entity. You know, should we have a board of directors, uh, advisors, you know, what should our shareholders agreement and operating agreements look like? So very fundamental stuff. And as we have grown as an organization, obviously, as you pointed out before, you know, we are developing standardized documentation for our uh, partnerships with our partner companies. Uh, we've moved into different areas of a law firm that would include, you know, trademarking and and that sort of thing. Fortunately, we haven't had to see the litigation area at all. But it's you know you don't have to dive into every area of a law firm uh, day one. Uh, but it's about the building blocks. And, and one thing that you and I always advocate when we're talking to uh, prospective partners is please do not have your neighbor, your step cousin or your best buddy as your uh, guide, if you will, unless it's somebody that does this all the time. You don't want them trying to figure out figure this out as they go. Find somebody that does this all of the time and they will be a very valuable resource. Even if they're a little bit more expensive, it will be an investment well worth it. And in, in the expense side, they probably save a boatload of time, Jeff. I, you know, as you know, any time where when we're working with somebody um, or even when I'm just helping, you know, is a is a mentor in my EO group when they bring up the fact that they're going to I mentioned you know, grab their brother or their cousin or whatever that doesn't do this sort of law every day it's a huge problem it, it just it it's um, people don't know what they don't know and it's uh, hard to figure that out in a in a transaction especially when it's a family member or a good friend so yeah, that's exactly right. So what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to take a moment to thank our sponsors, McGladry LLP. They're the uh, a leader in providing assurance tax and consulting services focused on small and mid-sized businesses nationwide with more than 6,700 people in 75 U.S. cities. And with that, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and talk about business owners uh, law 101, just getting started with our guest, Mike Marhofer. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. 
McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance Tax Consulting. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to the second stage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome, everybody. It's Brendan, Brendan Anderson at the second stage. Oh my gosh, Brennan! You, I, I, I thought we were going to overlap there. I thought. I know. I, was, I heard I the big doing... air intake. I was like, uh oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to I'm going to jump into this part unless you want to. I like to tell everybody that this is a forum. That's yeah, my speech. I, I want to apologize because I, I was off there. I was thinking it was the start of the program, and it's just you know too many Red Bulls today. We're gonna have to go. We're gonna have to go back to having a script, you know. Um, anyway, well, just remind this is, me what segment we're in. That would be helpful too. Just remind that, me. Go ahead. That's excellent point. Excellent okay. point. Uh, welcome back to the second stage. Uh, like any forum, the show will be more effective and powerful if folks contribute their experiences and ideas. We invite you to continue the discussion from each each week's show on our blog which can be found at evolutioncp.com, and you can email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. This week's show, as we talked about in the first segment, is Law 101 for Business Owners, and our guest this week is Mike Marhofer, a partner at Calfee Halter and Griswold. He is also co-head, co-chair, if you will, of the M&A practice and is on the executive committee. And most importantly and near and dear to my heart, Mike, is that you were on the football team at Miami University when we beat LSU back in 1986. Yeah, it was a while ago, but uh, thanks, guys. Great to be with you. Well, it's sad that I'm still, and you and I both remember that game from whatever it is, been you know 20-plus years ago now. Uh, I'm, I'm a little sad at the state of the affairs of our, our football program, but hopefully they'll turn it around. Yeah, so are you so are you guys you guys are red skins, you're not really red hawks. Does that mean you're still is that you still part of the group or what? That's right. We yes. didn't get to vote on that. So uh, okay. we were there okay. when it was the red skins. All right. This is true. This is true. So, so Mike, um, you, you know, we are always striving to provide actionable advice. Uh, to second stage business owners. And one of the things that we want to talk about were just some of the basics of, of what 
you know, of getting them themselves organized uh, as as they develop their businesses. And one of the topics that you know we talk about when whenever we're partnering with the companies is just you know the choice of the entity. You know, you know why is it important? You know, what are the choices? You know, things like that. Could you just kind of walk us through a little bit of 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 what you need to think about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, for basically why it's important is, is two main reasons there. Uh, one is to minimize tax, and the other, uh, other one is to minimize liability. Uh, so obviously very two very important topics for, for any business owner. And once you get over those hurdles and you, you figure out if you're going to you're basically gonna be a small business with X number of shareholders, the choices become pretty easy. Either you're going to be a limited liability company or a corporation, uh, which makes an S-corp election. The reason you want to be one of those two entities is that those are entities that are not taxed, meaning all the tax at the entity level flows through to the individual owners. Uh, thus, you know, in, in regular C-corporations, which most large public corporations are, there's a tax at the entity level and then on the distribution level to its shareholders. So, um and it's important uh, to be one of those two types of entities to, uh, again, avoid personal liability. If you're a partnership or if you're a sole proprietorship, your own personal assets uh, are commingled with the business entity itself, and creditors can uh, come against you personally. So um, I think it's, it's basically pretty easy, and, and most small business owners know I need to be a corporation or an LLC, and then you can kind of get there fairly quickly on that. Hey, Mike, are there are there any important distinctions between being a, a limited liability company or LLC or being a sub S corporation? Yeah, not on the not on the well, not really. There's some uh, formalities of being a corporation, like regular meetings and and, and minutes and, and things like that, but. Uh, an LLC provides a nice, simple structure. Uh, there's less formalities now. There's less um, bodies of law out there since, you know, they, they, are, they have been around for quite some time, so that distinction uh, is kind of less. But I would say most instances uh, people go the limited liability company route these days, uh, certainly for, like, real estate holdings and obviously for other types of business entities. It's just you're really flexible with you know the number and types of shareholders and uh, distribution wise. If there's a different distribution uh, among the members, uh, for example, if there's a, a class A uh, units or series uh, that's going to get a preferential treatment to class class B, you can do that on the corporate side as well. But it's it's much easier and it's in one document that all the members sign uh, up front. So. With the flexibility, I would say most people are, are, are going towards the LLC route these days. Yeah, you made a kind of an interesting little point in there that I wanted to, to, to draw out, which is you, you talked about having, you know, maybe different types of securities or units within the partnership where you had, you talked about the A's and the B's and, and that kind of lends itself into, you know, kind of what documents would you want to have to govern the different securities and why would you want to have different securities? Yeah, well, I mean, investors uh, come in at different times, uh, and also, um, also to distinguish between maybe an investor versus an employee or someone not actually putting in dollars. So, 
The documentation you have uh, in an LLC setting is called an operating agreement or a limited liability company agreement, and that and that's that's critical. You basically have to have them if you have any any more than uh, one member. Uh, in the corporate setting, it's like a shareholders agreement, or some people call them a buy sell agreement, and and these documents are essential. Um, they basically um, set forth the terms and conditions uh, between members, partners, shareholders, and, and entities. And in particular, to answer your question directly, um, if there are going to be you know, different distributions among the members, and we call those waterfalls, then you know, at the end of the day, if like a million dollars comes in, how does that million dollars get split up? And you know, is it first money in with a return, and then to the next level, and then employees share after that? So it's really, LLC structure is really nice to get some flexibility there, and it's also critical to get that in a document that everybody signs and understands it, and, um, you know, so it's a level playing field. Mike, so so the LLCs are more flexible. Is there any specific type or criteria or type of person that would want to form an S or of those, I mean, give me a, is there a benefit to an S at all? Um, probably in a, in, a, in a very, some of the tax aspects of an S corp, being a member, owner, and operator, uh, employee of an LLC, there could be some uh, detriments to, to how you're taxed, but not really. I mean, the flexibility that provides um, is, is much greater. Uh, again, the, the classes of stock that you can have in an S is limited. Uh, you can have a lot of shareholders in S, but at some point that's limited, uh, and, and there's some limitations on entity ownership in an S. So, I mean, if it's if it's husband and wife and, uh, you know, they don't uh, feel like uh, they're going to have a pretty base, simple structure and they don't really understand what an LLC is, you know, I've seen some C corporations, but we really don't form too many of those anymore, okay. um, yeah. and it's, it's, it's pretty unusual, and I... And again, you might lose some things on the tax side if you're an employee owner, but that's, you know, you can walk through those with your tax advisor, and that's usually uh, pretty minimal. It seems to me when I started in business in 95, which Jeff was a little while ago, um, it seemed like S's, everybody, you know, everybody did S's. And then when they, uh, when they started uh, permitting uh, these limited liability companies that seemed by probably the – the, the late 90s, most of, most of people we were looking at were LLCs. And as you know, we at Evolution have almost exclusively used LLCs and I guess one, one C corporation. So, um, Mike, where do we go to form these things? How does, how do, if, if we want to get in business, we got a small business going, how do, where, where do we go to do it? Well, really any state, uh, but, uh, so really the choice, you know, we're Ohio-based, so it's, it really depends, I guess, on where you're located and really then where you're going to operate business. your business. If you're, for example, based in Ohio and, and only going to conduct business in Ohio um, or whatever state, you, you probably wanted to stay within that state um, and, and not go outside. Um, a, lot of, a lot of things, a lot of entities that we form are in Delaware, um, the Delaware uh, code and body of law is very business friendly. Uh, the very ease of doing business and, and getting good standing certificates or, or, or getting incorporated is very easy. Uh, and just the law is better defined. So if 
you're not just going to be a small mom and pop on the corner. Uh, we recommend going to Delaware, forming there, and then you still need to qualify to do business in, in the other states you're doing business. So if it's, it's just Ohio, Ohio, or, but you're also going to do business in other states, you'd have to qualify there, and that's just a, a simple filing with the state. But most likely should be Delaware or, or the state you're actually going to be headquartered in. If, if I'm in the state of Ohio and doing mostly my business in Ohio, is there a downside for being a Delaware uh, company or, or LLC? No, I mean a little added expense because then you'll you know have to file the qualification form in Ohio. But I, I would, depending on the, some of the facts and circumstances on who's going to be um, owners of that company, I, I would still pick Delaware um, and and. And the uh, the added costs because Ohio's LLC laws are uh, a little tricky on um, on things that you, you can do uh, outside of the partnership, the limited liability company. Uh, so I, I still like I still like Delaware uh, nine times out of ten. Okay. Well, I, I obviously, uh, you know, we know that uh, most of ours are LLCs that are Delaware, so I, uh, I expected that. I, I, I guess yeah. I, and the additional expenses is is like a couple hundred bucks, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not a not a big penalty. No, maybe. You know, part of what I hear you saying, though, Mike, and I think this is an important takeaway, is obviously I think you put it succinctly that the, the form of the organization is very important with regard to understanding how you want to manage your liability and manage your taxes. But also when putting together the partnership agreement, this is your opportunity to make sure that everybody's very, very clear on their relationship to the organization, you know, how uh, – you know, how will it, it kind of, as you said, it kind of levels the playing field so that before this is known to be an extreme success or a failure or somewhere in between, you can have objective conversations about everybody's role and power and responsibility within that entity. Yeah, a- absolutely. And, you know, if you're going to have a partner, you, you got to meet up front. Um, you know, you got to have shared goals, a plan. And, and really, the document you talk about, the operating agreement or shareholders agreement, is really the guidelines for things that are going to happen in the future. And, you know, for example, what if a partner dies or becomes disabled or quits or retires? What if you want to sell more securities? What if you want to do an acquisition? Um, what if you just want to, you know, someone wants to sell, somebody doesn't? Um, you know, board composition and uh, information rights, these will all be in that document. And it's it's pretty intensive, uh, but you got to have it, and you're going to be thankful you do in the end. I've actually had some 50-50 partnerships that chose not to have a shareholders agreement. It got ugly, right? And and you didn't have those guidelines or guideposts to you know get the parties discussing um, you know with with the provisions in the shareholders agreement as, as the parameters for the discussion on whatever topic it was. So uh, and once it's done, you know. A lot of times you don't look at it again because everybody knows, well, I can be bought out or I can be dragged along or, you know, I know I need to vote my shares this way. I know I can participate in the next equity raise. So all of these things are set forth, understood, and and it really is just essential to, uh, to a smooth operation or smooth as possible operation going forward. 
And Jeff, that kind of dives or goes perfectly into our discussion of if you've got to have a plan and, and, and documenting this stuff up front only makes sense because, you know, if, if you can't agree going in, um, you know, you're, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big enough signal. Maybe, uh, Mike, tell me a little bit about um, obviously these, these entities and LLC or an S. Um, tell me about how the board of directors or advisors, I mean, is it recommended? Uh, tell, me, tell me what you're seeing out there. Um, yeah, well, you have to have a board of directors uh, uh, if you're a corporation, and um, and an LLC typically has a board of managers. And it, yeah, we definitely see it. Now, the, I think the question is, do you have more than just the business owners on that board? Um, you know, do, are you going to use outside parties uh, for the board? And you know what, I've seen that across the board. Um, you know, kind of. Sometimes depends on the size, complexity, or number of shareholders, members in a business. Um, but I've, I've seen it work very well. You guys can answer that question as well in your experience. But I think it's important for entrepreneurs not to go along here. Get a board if it's if it's if it's not part of your uh, board of uh, directors. Maybe just a board of advisors, so it's less formalistic. But still, use people with, you know industry knowledge or business experience uh, or maybe even re- referrals that can just help you in your in your trade or business it, it's just going to help you you know you so you're not not feeling alone you, and, you, and you try to structure it so you have quarterly meetings just so so people can plan for it and and, and so it's not haphazard where you know, they really don't understand the business or don't understand your plan so I, I think they're helpful you know I'm on six of them and I, I, I like to think that I'm helpful to some of those, but uh, that probably could be debated. But I, I think it's important that you have some sounding board. If you don't, you know, most of these companies on the entrepreneur side are small, uh, and they could use the help on some strategic thinking and and some outside advisors that understand the business and, and understand uh, the marketplace and could be helpful. Well, I think that's all great advice, and Brent and I certainly uh, advocate having a board of directors uh, early on. You know, just again, just to help the uh, the the partners stay organized and stay focused, and ultimately add to that with a board of advisors that have industry experience and can really help you get through what we call no man's land a lot faster. So, with that, we're going to take another brief break, and we'll be back uh, shortly with Mike Marhoff for our guest this week on our show Law 101 for Business Owners. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance Tax Consulting. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? 
make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is our show, but it is a forum, so we're looking for input from you so that we can benefit from everyone's experience. Uh, we are back here with Mike Marhofer, a partner of Calfee Halter and Griswold, part of the executive committee and also co-chair of uh, the, the M&A practice. We're here talking about Law 101 for business owners, and we just finished off a discussion about you know the importance of having a board of directors and managers as you build your business on the front end. And uh, but there's a lot of more things to talk about here, and um, you know one of them has to do with uh, complying with uh, laws and operating your business. Yeah, hey, Mike, I'm sorry. I was uh, I was thinking about you know some of the ben- other benefits for the boards, but I will uh, I'm going to hit those in the last segment. Um, Mike, what what laws do I need to comply with when operating my business? Well, the short answer is all of them, but. Uh, I suppose you want something that doesn't more seem fair. Can I can I do like the top twenty percent? I mean, is that is that practical advice, Mike? Come yeah. on. That actually is the most practical as you can get. So, um, <laughs> so I mean, this is daunting, especially in today's world. And uh, as the government keeps uh, overlapping and, and applying more and more uh, regulations to to businesses, and they're really weighing down small businesses. Um, so I think. Going down to basics, I think everyone has employees, so employment law is very important. Everyone's going to owe taxes, so the tax law is very important. And then it really boils down to what business are you in? Uh, you know, do you have environmental concerns, so the EPA regulations? Do you have food or drugs where the FDA or medical devices where the FDA is going to be in, involved? Do you have import-export issues where, you know, customs will be involved? Um, so, you know, you really – Obviously, it's industry and, and trade specific. Um, and and my, my biggest advice here is is to take a, a team approach uh, to this. You know, you have people on the inside and people on the outside. So, uh, again, it is daunting, I think, for the business owner and say, you know, and I think you guys touched on it. Do I need a lawyer for all of this? The answer is no, right? So, you you have um, you have other advisors, uh, certainly on the accounting and tax side. Uh, you have your insurance broker who can really help you uh, in, in minimizing risks and in, in complying with some laws on on the employment side. And it is important to have uh, have a lawyer that has some broad practical experience uh, at um, his or her fingertips, or the firm does, so you can get answers to you know employment related issues or your specific regulatory issues. Um, at, at the tip of uh, tip of the finger, but having an inside you know HR person that knows 
you know, the compliance with, you know, wage and hour and 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 hiring and firing and all those things are, are very important too. So, you know, it, it's not as daunting and, and, you, and you really got to know what applies to you and, and, and certainly outside advisors can, can help with that. It's, uh, it's st- still sounds like a lot of work, Jeff. But we uh, let's uh, get the right counsel. We'll take well, it'll take care of it. Mike, what what are some ways to best protect my assets if I'm going to get into business? Um, well, a couple ways. Um, you know, the the one thing that I, I definitely want to stress in, in protecting assets is it's probably on the intellectual property side. It's it's a it's a big deal these days, and and, and going up front and protecting them. One with your employees, right? Having employee confidentiality, you know, trade secret type of agreements is is absolutely critical. Um, and and they can be one, two pages. These don't necessarily have to be non-compete type of agreements, but at least you understand, you know, they'll be confidential and they'll and whatever you know they develop for you, you own. Uh, the company owns. Uh, there's protections based on the law there too, but it's it's always good to have that have a, an employee type of agreement up front. Um, other ways is, is to make sure, for example, uh, when you're when you're buying something, you get, you know the correct bill of sale, or if you're leasing to buy, that you do exercise that option, and then you do get the appropriate documentation. So a lot of that's you know a lot of, a lot of that's record keeping. And also on IP, it's, you know, protection of trade secrets to competitors and to the marketplace. And, and, and I think you had a segment before on uh, intellectual property and protection of those. But obviously, you know, whether you're going to federally register things or, or get things patented or trademark or copyrighted versus uh, holding back on trade secrets and those laws, uh, again, are things that um, you need to think through and, and, and need to discuss and um there's, um, you know, hoops to jump through on, on protection of IP that's, uh, that you can and get very importantly. And obviously, uh, insurance and risk management, where insurance brokers can be very helpful here, too, in, in uh, devising the right insurance plan to, uh, to protect your assets. Okay, so now I've protected my assets. Tell me how I can uh, make sure I limit my, my liability, my uh, personal liability in operating my business. Well, you know, similar to a couple of things I've already said before, um, you know, on the insurance side and, and the risk manager, a lot of these, you know, uh, they're great, right? Make sure they know your business. Make sure you're covered in what areas you need to be covered with, with respect to. And that's, you know, uh, some of the things are, you know, easy on the insurance side with, you know, the property or casualty, but a little bit uh, harder are, you know, product liability types of issues. Do, do I need that? Um, and there's an employment liability coverage that you can get. So overall, when you're protecting from liabilities of the business, you know, the first thing you do is insurance and risk management, and, and the brokers can be extremely helpful uh, with respect to that. Um, and, again, it's really paying attention to details and getting the right people in the right places inside your organization. You know, you know head of HR is, is, is critical, uh, making sure that, um, you have policies and procedures in place, uh, an, an employee handbook. So, again, everyone understands that uh, it's updated uh, to current law based on um, best practices for employment-related things. So, you know, again, a team approach, inside, outside, 
and you know really kind of paying attention to details on you know where the risks are in your business you know what are you selling who are you selling it to is there privacy concerns um, and just you know trying to get the uh, uh, right layers of protection whether it's insurance or again whether it's best practices uh, in line is um, you know things to think through that's a lot Jeff that's a lot <laughs> it's, it's not as bad. Oh. That's why you need a lawyer. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They're smart people. They don't make it simple. Otherwise, you never call them. Yeah, it's not like Mike hasn't called me a thousand times asking if I've you know sewn up that last document. But uh, with uh, with the right counsel, you, well, the, uh, the you get the government has been friendly to lawyers with you know the Affordable Care Act and uh, and all the regulatory issues. Um, but you you can work through that. And again, I think if you get best practices and, and right people in the right places. You know, early on, and you guys know this. I mean, you've you've seen enough businesses where if they they have the right person, you usually don't have the issues come up, right? And if you communicate effectively and you have basic documents with employees in place and handbooks, uh, it, it is less daunting. It might sound it certainly initially, it may even be, um, but it's you know, pay me now, pay me later, and it, I think it's you know, it's 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 something that. In the end, you're gonna uh, you're gonna be thankful that you, you did it right, uh, you know, going in. All right, Mike. I, Jeff's giving me that kind of like that two three minute signal. So, what, what what pitfalls am I missing from a legal perspective? What what else do I need to need to worry about? Well, the one, you know, that, that's a good question. And uh, the one thing I, I would like to to leave with, uh, not maybe leave, but to start with on this question for closely held business owners is to do an estate plan, okay? And there is, you know, it's still amazing that many closely held businesses are just owned in the individual capacity. Um, that's dangerous. Um, you know, we recommend, uh, you know, business owners uh, that are individuals to have an estate plan, have trusts in place, and uh, and then once once you get to a sizable business, there's a lot of things within that state estate plan where you can – um, minimize the, you know, the tax to the government uh, upon a death. Um, you know, the recent changes in laws at the beginning of last year in, increased um, the uh, lifetime exemption to $5 million per person, so that's $10 million for a husband and wife. That, that's a lot of assets, but if you have a sizable business, you can, you know, minimize and, 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 and gift effectively in, in a closely held business to really minimize your taxes. So I see a lot of business owners uh, that that don't have that, uh, don't have trust, don't have estate planning, so that's that's really important. Um, more on the liability side, you know, again on the tax side, you know, you know what states you operate in, know what each state um, you know requires of you, uh, whether you're you know how you're conducting business in that state and how they're taxed. I see a lot of businesses that don't have a great handle on that. And then we're doing due diligence on a transaction or something, and there's state tax exposure in, in three, four different states, and it, it can be it can go back quite a ways, and it can be quite uh, daunting to a transaction or a business. Um, I guess the last one is is um, you know when when you're dealing with employees and 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 ownership in your company, whether through options or uh, or interest in an LLC, I, I think yeah. You need to be careful. There's uh, a lot of hoops to jump through on the on the tax side, obviously on the security side, and obviously when you go sell a business that you want to make sure you're you're dotting the I's and crossing the T's there. So I see many 
business owners uh, that want to cut employees into ownership. And I would just highly recommend it. Uh, there's, um, you know, there, there's a lot. There's a lot to that, and there's a lot to be discussed. So I, I see. I see a lot of people running into issues when they uh, don't do that uh, with the correct uh, guidance. Yeah, this is kind of an unfair topic for you, Mike, because it's so broad. There's so many things to talk about, and uh, you know, it is challenging to take such a broad topic and bring it down into a couple focused points. And I think, given the time that we're allotted on the show, that uh, you you've done about as good a job as you possibly can do. And uh, we, as always, appreciate your insights. Um, so thank you for being on the second stage, Mike. And uh, we are going to take a, another quick break here. And then Brendan and I will be back to wrap things up and, and share with you some actionable advice for the week. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for the keywords World Talk Radio. Once you're a part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the World Talk Radio network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for World Talk Radio. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance Tax Consulting. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus Drug Discount Card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies, but 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Start saving today. Print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word talk radio to 96362. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the second stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and I'm here with my partner, Brendan Anderson. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage, a show about small business best practices. And uh, as I said at the end of the last segment, it's kind of an unfair topic because it's so broad and there's so many things to touch on that, uh, you know, having Mike just give people some of the 
fundamentals to think about, some of the variables to consider as they're uh, getting started, I think, uh, was was well done. Yeah, Jeff, I, I look at it and in, in they see these issues so regularly that they pretty much have worked the, the – Eighty percent of the basics into their into their documents, and, and they ask you in a pretty concise, efficient way to address some of these things. The things that they've seen that partners have issues with, or business or issues that businesses have, you know, one, two, three, four years down the road, and they just have a great, great experience in, in putting that in the documents. And and uh, again, I you know I think this is advice that we say every week is. By doing this stuff up front, it does in fact save time and money. It's not a use of money, and um, it just it, it, it hits home all the time. I mean, what, just just planning and getting out in front of this is is the most efficient long term way to do it. Yeah, there, I mean, there's no question about it. And you know, you, as you point out, you're talking to somebody that's seen all the horror stories of. Uh, you know, when people don't do this and, and, uh, having done this sort of thing at a minimum, it's an exercise that the owners should go through. The shareholders should go through so that everybody lays their cards on the table and everybody knows where they're coming from. And it really creates a forum for discussion, uh, to get, get stuff out on the table. So everybody knows where they're coming from. You certainly can't document everything, every eventuality, but you can certainly document 90% of it. Yeah, and, and, and I go back to regardless of whether you're building your business to sell it or give it to your kids or to give it to your employees or to do whatever. I mean as we, we say, uh, Jeff, eventually all businesses will be sold unless somebody can learn to live forever. Um, these things are needed. These things are – they have to be there. And um, and especially if you're looking to, to build a business to sell or bring on a partner like Evolution Capital, uh, the, these are issues that – that will have to be solved. And so you might as well get in front of it and you might as well, quite frankly, use it to your advantage. And you know, one of the things I was going to say, Jeff, and, and I um, almost interrupted Mike, but I stopped myself, was you know, when w- having a board of advisors or directors is wonderful for the, the things that they can bring to the party. But also I, I reflect back, Jeff, when, we, when you and I are preparing for our board meetings, how – that helps us, re, you know, review our progress. You know, discuss our quarterly goals. Helps you and I discuss, you know, being focused and aligned. And so there's that, you know, kind of quarterly or whenever you decide to have a board meeting, um, you know, yeah. if whatever if the uh, companies would decide to have a board meeting, it is that that kind of formal process to to force you to document where you've been. And for some companies, that's needed. And then that's just there's a wonderful value in that. And then there's additional wonderful value in in what you can ask of the directors, and you know, to, to kind of jump on the backs of the back of the last um, call we had, if I, my memory serves correctly, which is just, you know, discussing who, you know, really you can do the same type of thing. You know, what what sort of directors are, are perfect for your business? I mean, are they people that can uh, introduce you to suppliers, employees, customers, and not to mention the fact that you can bring on areas of expertise that that you that you may be missing in your existing team because you're small and or whatever and, and, and you know can't hire there yet and you know I just would stress that if you're going to to go that route and we you know, as you and I you know strongly encourage it it really is letting those directors know what the expectations are up front and you know figuring out a, a fair way to compensate them yeah, and I think you've you've touched on the topic of a great future show uh, because you and I have talked a lot about this. We identified this some time ago as we've got to get very good about uh, 
bringing on and retaining talent at the advisory board level, you know, in particular to help these small businesses move faster. And it's something that you, you've used in the businesses that you've owned prior to evolution. And, uh, and it certainly has helped us, you know, even if we've got one champion on an advisory board, you go faster uh, than if you, um, if you have, you know, an ineffective group of people, but you also, you have to know how to use them too. It can't just be a matter of, you know, it's one of those things, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. Absolutely. I, uh, um, it's, uh, if you reflect back on the when you get a a great board, um, and you you know you and I can I guarantee you if we went and picked the five or six best uh, advisor directors we have, we'd probably have the same list or a very very similar list. And it really does trans. It, it helps not only get management thinking bigger or you know or in some cases more focused, but it also helps align the board because when there's a a resource on the board uh, or multiple resources that really understand what's going on, it's uh, it's a it, it really helps management, it really helps the rest of the board members kind of uh, uh, buy off on what the what the plan is. So mm-hmm. you know the other thing is is as Mike shows when you have a good lawyer, they're more than a lawyer, they're a good business practitioner and you know he Draw, drew on a lot of different topics there about you know managing your liabilities by bringing on an insurance broker and having them look at your business and he obviously advocates you know boards of advisors and, and all that sort of stuff so uh, you know again I think that this is a very important topic and a very important selection for a small business owner that should not happen uh, quickly I think you should talk to a lot of people uh, before you decide because there has to be a personal match too. Uh, Lord knows that uh, Mike has um, earned his stripes and kept us uh, as well-intentioned we are to obey all laws and do the right thing. There's just some stuff you just isn't necessarily intuitive. So with that, Brendan, we've got about 10 seconds for you to impart some <laughs> incredible advice. I see you over there writing something. Have I ever done anything in 10 seconds? Literally. No. Well, no. Don't no, don't answer that. Um, I, my my advice is literally, if you're going to jump in, just plan before you do it. And parting to plan before you do it is 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 the legal piece of this. And you in uh, very little time and very little money up front can save you major headaches in the future. And please please do it. Well, thank you for tuning in to the show this week. The second stage will be coming up next week with uh, another show at Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. You know, Each week we want you to think about your organization and how it could be and always remember to have passion for possibilities. Have a great week, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Thank you for tuning in this week to the second stage. Please join Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. 
visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.